This podcast is produced by Yizzy Research, whose mission is to do research and help others do the same. Visit us at yizzyresearch.com. While you're there, sign up for the mailing list to stay updated. Did you know that when you are a professional researcher, you interact with a variety of people who affect your research in many different ways? It doesn't matter if you are an academic researcher, market researcher, or UX researcher. Well, of course you knew this because you're smart, but keep listening to hear more about these key players. Welcome to the Yizzy Research Podcast, the podcast for aspiring researchers, current researchers, and research enthusiasts. I'm your host, Simani, also known as Izzy, and I am the founder, CEO, and principal researcher of Yizzy Research, a boutique research agency providing UX research services, career coaching, and of course, this podcast. This episode is about researchers' ecosystems. In the context of this episode, a researcher's ecosystem is the people who most directly impact your workflow as a researcher. Of course, you as a researcher are in your ecosystem. When joining a company or project as a researcher, it is important for you to understand who else is in your ecosystem. Each organization will likely yield a different ecosystem. Who will you likely collaborate with? Who has potential to shape how you do research? I've been an undergraduate research assistant, market researcher, and UX researcher. So I will talk about those ecosystems as I experience them. In college, I was an undergraduate research assistant for business, psychology, sociology, and communications professors. In these capacities, my researcher's ecosystem consisted of other undergraduate research assistants, PhD students, professors slash principal investigators, software engineers, and of course, research participants. The other undergraduate research assistants, also known as URAs, had the same responsibilities as me. And because of this, we would debrief after research sessions to share our findings and determine ways to optimize our efforts in the future. In this ecosystem, since we were pretty young and inexperienced researchers, we helped each other by serving as sounding boards. Speaking of superiors, as a URA, I answered directly to the PhD student who was collaborating with the professor. In this ecosystem, the PhD student was the academic equivalent to a manager in corporate America. The graduate student was more experienced and therefore more confident in research. As a URA, I relied on the graduate student to delegate responsibility to me and provide mentorship and advice regarding how to do research properly. The PhD student worked directly with the professor and I did not always interact directly with the professor. The PhD student acted as a liaison of sorts between the URA and professor. It was a really interesting dynamic because the professor set the tone of the research, but I didn't always talk to them directly, despite the fact that as a URA, I was helping conduct the research. When I did interact with the professor, it was to share insights at a higher level. During one research project, I worked with a software engineer. We didn't really talk frequently, but I would share my findings with him as he would use them to modify the research lab's website. From my conversations with other URAs, it was pretty uncommon to work with engineers. Lastly, some of the most important people in any researcher's ecosystem are the research participants. In the context of the research I did as a URA, I conducted research on other students. Without these humans, it would not be possible to do human-centric research so it's critical to acknowledge their role in the ecosystem. 
One of the strongest components of this ecosystem was having the support of people who were all researchers, though at different levels. Once I graduated from college and became a professional researcher, having the support of other researchers in-house wasn't always a possibility, especially as a team of one. In an ecosystem that's so pro-research, it was easy to build confidence and acumen as a researcher. Now, let's talk about the researcher's ecosystem I existed in when I was a market researcher. I was a market researcher at WeWork's internal market research agency. The internal agency offered research services and sold marketing software. This ecosystem consisted of onboarding specialists, salespeople, my manager, who was also a market researcher, data scientists, content marketers, and of course, clients. Since WeWork's internal market research agency sold marketing software, there were onboarding specialists on staff to help new clients get acclimated and onboarded. A big part of the onboarding specialist's job was to schedule training sessions with clients and to discuss client contracts with them so that the scope of work was clear. When the onboarding specialist had these scoping meetings, I would be in attendance to introduce myself to the client as their market researcher, and I would clarify and confirm what the research timeline, methodologies, and deliverables would be. The onboarding specialist enabled me as a market researcher because they were one of the first points of contact my clients had, and because they were excellent at their jobs, the clients were excited about market research by the time that we actually spoke. Whenever there were conversations with the onboarding team, the salesperson who closed the deal would be present as well. Their job was to provide context to both myself and the onboarding team beyond what was outlined in the contract. The salesperson would tell us how the sales cycle went, how fast it happened, what questions the client had, what research expectations the client had, who were the client points of contact, and what their temperaments were. As a market researcher, the most valuable context the salesperson provided was about the client's research expectations and temperament. Why the research expectations were valuable is super obvious. However, having a good idea about the client's temperament allowed me to mentally prepare to engage with them before even meeting them. For example, if a client had a playful temperament, then I could prepare some lighthearted jokes ahead of time. If a client was aggressive, then I would not take that approach. It goes without saying that the client's customers, like the students I researched in college, were critical to my ecosystem because without them, there will be no one to conduct market research on. The onboarding team, salespeople, client, and client customers were parts of the ecosystem when I was working directly with clients. However, there were also internal stakeholders who were not client-facing, but were important within the ecosystem. Market research and marketing pair well together. Considering such, I partnered with our staff, content marketers. During our meetings, I would share any insights from client market research projects in hopes that these findings will be repurposed for reports and content. The marketers weren't always able to use my findings, but when they were, it made their jobs much easier because they did not have to do extra research. There was also the data team. I did not work with them often. However, if I needed help analyzing a large data set for the purposes of client research, I would ask them for support. They mastered data warehousing and advanced analytics. I did not. Managing me within this ecosystem was my manager who was also a market researcher. We were a very lean team of two and he determined how we delegated research projects between us. The best part of this ecosystem was that I was able to get quite a bit of context about client expectations 
and their project before actually beginning research. The worst part of this ecosystem was that there wasn't a lot of support from other researchers because there were only two of us. We made it work, but I felt the absence of a team of researchers like I had when I was in college. In my UX researcher ecosystem, there are more stakeholders compared to my academic and market research ecosystems. When I did UX research at a library, I collaborated with the library director, web developer, and patrons. I relayed my findings to the director, who ultimately decided which insights the staff could actually act on. When the web developer was preparing to modify the library's website, I conducted card sort and usability testing sessions, and of course, without the patrons, there would be no one to research. This was a small ecosystem because it was a small library with a small staff. I was the first and only UX researcher, and because of that, I determined what I wanted to research. This particular ecosystem was great because I was paid to learn how to actually do UX research, but it was tricky because I was a first-time UX researcher and a team of one, so I did not have a sounding board on staff for guidance. When I did UX research at a fintech startup, I worked with a lot of people, customer service reps, the customers, UX designers, product managers, the marketing director, the IT team, data scientists, accountants, in-house counsel, and third-party vendors. Before actually conducting research, it was important to talk to someone in finance to understand what my budget was for user research. My budget determined what I could do. When having conversations about budget, I usually included my manager as well. This was also a good time to talk with in-house counsel about non-disclosure agreements and consents to record. At this point, I would also procure third-party vendors that can help me conduct, collect, store, and or analyze my data. For vendors I worked with, like user interviews, I was assigned a few points of contact who I reached out to when I had questions about their platform. Although it was my job to talk with customers regularly, the customer service reps did that as well, but in a different capacity. They were handling complaints mostly. However, they were an important part of the ecosystem because they spoke directly with customers. And sometimes customers would discuss things with them that simply did not come up in the context of UX research. UX designers are obviously important within this ecosystem because UX research informs UX design. So I worked very closely with the UX designers to understand user flows, usability, design, and how I could conduct research to understand how users interacted with and felt about the product. In this ecosystem, product managers were the gatekeepers who primarily determined which research projects I would work on. I would meet with the product managers frequently to understand what product roadmap features they wanted me to conduct research for. These conversations were really important because they ensured that I was doing research that was actually useful to the team. In the midst of doing research, something usually goes wrong and sometimes it's related to technology or data. Considering such, the IT team was important in my ecosystem because I would have issues accessing the VPN or perhaps my work laptop simply wouldn't work and I would need them to help me. The data team was also important because they would write complex queries that allowed me to get customer contact information for user research. After completing UX research, I would share findings with the marketing team to repurpose for content marketing. What worked about this ecosystem was that I did not have to always think of research ideas on my own. 
the product managers and UX designers played an important role in terms of research idea development. What I hated about this ecosystem was that I often I was often bottlenecked by other stakeholders. For example, it could take several weeks to get research budget approved or even more weeks until the data team had bandwidth to write the exact query I needed to segment our user base. I spent quite a bit of time ready to go, but had to wait. In this episode, I define the researcher's ecosystem. Whenever you start a new project or role as a researcher, start writing a list of the people in your ecosystem. Consider who's helping you or who can help you with your research. If you missed anything, the episode notes can be found on yeezyresearch.com. Thanks for listening. Subscribe for updates on new episodes. If you are interested in sponsoring this podcast, or if you are looking to hire someone to help you understand your users and your customers, visit yizzyresearch.com. Follow us on Instagram and LinkedIn at Yizzy Research. That's Y-Z-Z-I Research. Bye for now.